This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. does not recognize this TV theme song. Is there anybody that when you hear this music, it does not immediately conjure the image of someone talking into their shoe and a cone of silence being lowered and wanting to correct the spelling of the word chaos? This is, of course, the um, theme song to the legendary uh, comedy, the spy comedy, Get Smart, created by Mel Brooks and Buck Henry, a show that has a comedy and a humor and a timing that is timeless. You know, there are some shows you watch that were perfect for their time. They were great in the 60s or the 70s or the 80s. And then you watch them 10, 15, 20 years later, and it just doesn't work. It's dated. It just seems not to uh, be funny by today's standards. Get Smart is one of those rare shows, like an I Love Lucy, like a Seinfeld, like a MASH, where I think you could watch that 100 years from now, and it's still going to be funny. And I think that's been borne out uh, by the fact that it has survived for decades in reruns. There's a whole generation of people that was not even alive at the time that Get Smart was on that could quote to you all sorts of great lines from Get Smart because they fell in love with it on TV Land or Nick at Night or MeTV or anywhere else. Well, somebody that was an integral part of that show is uh, Agent 99. And obviously a lot of folks remember Don Adams as Maxwell Smart. It's very difficult to imagine Max Smart without an Agent 99 to interact with. Max! Is that you, 99? Yes, Max. You know something, 99? I like you with a mustache. <laughs> Don't shave it off. Come on, Max, get in here before they see us. Well, uh, I am thrilled uh, to be able to talk with Barbara Feldon, a legendary actor, actress, probably best known for her role as Agent 99 and Get Smart. She's also an author of several books. Her latest book is Getting Smarter, a memoir. Uh, Barbara, I'm a big fan of your work. It's a real thrill to talk with you. Oh, that's so lovely. What an incredible introduction. I, I don't know where you found that quote. But the funny thing is that my favorite picture of myself with of of Agent Ninety Nine with Maxwell Smart is where we have mustaches on, 
and it's from a scene uh, where we were both dressed like Charlie Chaplin, and he actually proposes to Agent 99, and uh, we kiss with mustaches. I remember that episode. Uh, that was that was very, very funny. I am, you know, I'm always reluctant for someone that's been associated with a character for so long talking with them about that uh, that character because i imagine that uh, almost every day since 1965 someone has asked you about get smart uh, does that ever get irritating does that ever get tiresome people continuing to ask you about this television program that started back in the 60s oh my goodness i i it was the most fortunate thing if that could happen to any woman in a career to get not only to be on a series that stays on long enough to kind of guarantee a financial future, uh, especially for an actress, uh, but also that uh, it was written by such incredibly gifted writers, both Buck Henry and Mel Brooks. And so you you said earlier that it never gets old, and it, and it won't get old because it it's written by artists and you know real art is is universal and it's based on character you know and there are always maxwell smarts around there are always agent 99s around and i and i think that's part of its durability it's just truly funny a lot of folks may not know that before you were associated with the number 99, you were associated with the number 64,000. You actually, back in the 50s, won the grand prize on the $64,000 question by being an expert in the category of uh, William Shakespeare, if I have that right. What was that experience like? Well, don't get too impressed. <laughs> Because it's not like I was an expert on Shakespeare in terms of any profound uh, meaning of Shakespeare. It was trivia, you know, and when they asked me to go on the show, I talk about this in the book, actually. Uh, I was was newly to New York as a young actor and looking for work, and I got a job walking to music. In other words, I was a showgirl in a revival of the Ziegfeld Follies on Broadway. And and the $64,000 question was a very popular show at that time, sure. and they got in touch with us, with the producer, and said, would she come on the show? Is there anything she couldn't be an expert on? And of course, I was not an expert on anything. and uh, But I did, uh, I, I, I had been my sort of, intellectual vow that year was to read through all of Shakespeare. And so I thought, well, that's contained in one book. If they would give me three months to study, which they did, and I, I maybe I could accumulate enough trivia of, you know, dates and characters and theater names and, um, and totally skirting the profound, you know, artistry of Shakespeare's writing, and I uh, and go on the show, and I did, and um, to my surprise, won, 
And I, so, but what I'm saying is, no, it was no great intellectual feat. It was, I could memorize easily, and I memorized a lot of absolutely useless information about Shakespeare. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that that was in the 50s when all these quiz shows were embroiled in the uh, quiz show scandals. But just for the record, they never gave you the answers, right? You knew them. No, the the that was uh, twenty one was the show where they actually gave the contestants answers, and that was the in quote scandal. Although there was no law was broken, it was like entertainment. Uh, get um, a sixty four thousand dollar question did, did not give us answers. Uh, however, <laughs> in retrospect, thinking about it, and I write about this in the book too, and this horrible realization that they're going to prosecute, you know, anybody involved with, and there was a grand jury. I mean, I was 24 years old, and I'm walking down the street, and it says, quiz, scandal, fraud. And I, uh, honest to God, I had an anxiety attack, and I had to sit down at the curb. I thought I was going to faint. And it's mentioned all of the, right there in the headline, $64,000 question, you know, 21. And um, and so I was I was thinking they called me in the the uh, assistant district attorney said you're lying to me I'm going to put you on the stand and I'm going to get you I mean it was like oh my God I I was so terrified and so intimidated and um, but if if there was you know how you're playing a pinball machine you give a little body language and you make the ball go in the right hole. Um, they had tested me. They weren't fools. They weren't going to put me on if I knew absolutely nothing. And so I found the the answers, I mean, the questions not to be terribly for me and considering what I had concentrated on studying, uh, not terribly uh, challenging. And I, but, but no, they that- never... That's that's something. It reminds me of the uh, non-Indian version of uh, of Slumdog Millionaire. Ha, did you retain a lot of that Shakespearean trivial knowledge, or ha- have you forgotten it over sixty years? Oh, totally. I mean, when you cram, it's like, did right. you ever cram for? Uh, absolutely, I don't remember anything. That's why I, don't I remember asked. the next day. Now, um, so many in our audience, and if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Barbara Feldon. She has a a new memoir out. It's called Getting Smarter. You can get it at her website, BarbaraFeldon.com. That's Barbara, F-E-L-D-O-N.com. So many of in our audience remember you from that iconic role as Agent 99. This is the worst assignment we've ever been given. Are you sure you tied that rope good and tight? Of course I tied it good and tight, 99. I put a double half hitch in it. Well, that looks like a slipknot to me. Mm. Well, it may look like a slipknot to you, but I'm telling you that it's a double half hitch. You're absolutely sure about that? I'm absolutely positive about it. If it were a slipknot, when I pull the cord, it would just go like... (laughs) (laughs) But um, so many people that were associated with iconic roles on iconic television programs, they've complained of the difficulty in being typecast and sort of not being able to escape the success of their characters. I, I've talked with a number of people that have uh, that have said that. Ha, was, was that your experience? Did you find that after Get Smart ended its run in 1970 that you were typecast as Agent 99? 
Oh, yes, of course I was. And I knew going in that I would be. But here's another way to look at it. Without those roles that those complaining actors talk about, they may never have been known at all. They may never have had a successful career. I mean, it's just such a piece of unbelievable luck, first of all, to be cast in a series and to make the pilot, but like a fraction of pilots that are made ever get on the air and a fraction of the people of the things that got on the air ever stay on the air. And so I just never thought of it as anything but like a complete blessing. And um, I was perfectly happy to pay the price of being associated. But on the other hand, I had not dreamed of being the great dramatic, you know, movie star or anything like that. My ambitions were never along those lines. I wanted to make a living in the business. I loved acting. I loved doing comedy. It's just so easy and so much fun. And working with someone like Don, who's like, and I say in the book, it's like getting on a rocket and taking off. You can hear from that clip his the staccato energy of him. And so to act with someone like that, who just, there's no effort at all. You just, you know, just respond to him. And, um, and to play a character who was kind of dear. I mean, she wasn't. Um, she was superior to him, but she never held it over him. And uh, she was kind of, I think 99 was kind of a combination of the 1950s that I grew up in, where women were very deferential to their guy, and the new woman who was bolder and had more confidence and was out in the world and and doing responsible difficult thing what a what a great analysis of that character because i wouldn't have thought about that but you were you were absolutely spot on uh, i could tell that um, when i spoke with william shatner that he get he's a little tired of the question what's your favorite star trek episode but i can't <laughs> avoid asking you that same question as it relates to get smart do you have a favorite episode either as a fan or one that you felt got to really showcase your versatility and your talents as an actress well it it was an episode that just appealed to me I, I just I, I i i don't know what it just sort of hit my funny bone and it was the one i mentioned earlier with the mm. mustaches when we were playing charlie chaplin and they did that that um you know photographing it at a slower pace and then running at a faster one so it's that jerky kind of 1920s was it 20s or 30s uh um, read the we, silent film mirror, absolutely. Silent film, yeah, where you're like, and we're both dressed like Charlie Chaplin with canes and top hats and mustaches and the whole outfit, and we're doing a little routine, and it was so much fun. And it was also when Agent 99 got, um, and they were trapped together, and Max thought we were going to die, so he proposed. <laughs> and then he immediately wanted to take it back once we were rescued, but... That scene is just a very, very sweet scene. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... 
Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. You were, and I don't think you would dispute this, you were very much a a 1960s uh, sex symbol. I mean, along with uh, Barbara Eaton and Dawn Wells, I'm sure there were, you know, 12 and 13-year-old boys that had you pinned up on their bedroom wall (laughs) in poster form repeatedly. Now, when you're a sex symbol on television in the 1960s, do you realize you're a sex symbol? Do you start walking around town with a little extra spring in your step? Or is it one of those things that you that kind of goes in one ear and out the other that you don't re- necessarily fully comprehend the magnitude of as it's happening? Uh, well, first of all, when you're doing a series, you don't comprehend the magnitude of anything. At least I didn't. I mean, you're, we were doing, we did 32 shows the first year. And uh, and we were doing it on film, which is, you know, not as fast as doing them with an audience. Um, you're just working all the time. You're, you're going to the studio every day. And it's just like being in a bubble. You're going, parking your car. In fact, in the book, I take uh, the reader on a here is a typical day starting at 6 a.m. when the clock wow. goes off. And I, and I just sort of scan through everything during the day. And, of course, the biggest job during the day is not acting. The biggest job is waiting to act. And that's the biggest challenge, too, is to keep your energy up and to uh, not eat constantly, not keep going for the chocolate chip cookies. And um, so, I honestly, I did not have any conception, and I mean that seriously, of myself out in the world. I was just doing this job. And yes, I did a lot of publicity, but I was living in L.A. I was never out in crowds. I was never out in, you know, there's nobody on the streets. (laughs) So you're either in your car and you're in the studio or you're at home or you're having dinner with friends somewhere in their house or yours. Uh, So it was pretty, uh, I stayed pretty stable through it. And um, no, did I have a big... No, no, I never took it seriously. Uh, really. talk, we're talking with Barbara Fallon. Bar- Barbara, um, we're all, we're just about out of time, and I'm just scratching the surface of things that I'd love to cover with you, and I'm really looking forward to reading your book. But I do have to ask you about the man that gave you your uh, current last name. You were not born Barbara Feldon. You got it from your ex-husband. Your ex-husband wasn't all that you thought that he might be at the time that you were married, was he? No, I met the most glamorous Frenchman that you can even imagine. He was movie star beautiful. He was the half-brother of a huge French star. Uh, He'd been through the war. His father was a partisan in the war. I mean, the backstory for this guy was amazing, and I married him. I mean, I was from Pittsburgh, and he had this French accent, 
everything. It was like winning the gold ring of romance. And I married him. It was just thrilling. And two years into the marriage, in one day, I found out there was nothing about him that I recognized. I had married someone I had no, absolutely no knowledge of. And so that's really the story of how that happened and what it led to and the adventures. It led me on with him, thinking I was being followed by the KGB. and I mean, all kinds of crazy. My goodness. And it's all in the book, Getting Smarter. I do, I'm looking forward to reading it myself, but uh, I'm hoping people will check it out. They can get it at BarbaraFeldon.com. It's also available on Amazon. Barbara, if you're willing to uh, stay up late with us again next week, I'd love to do this again uh, maybe in a week or so. Oh, that would be lovely fun. I enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Believe me, Barbara Feldon. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to do so. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight.